In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time a prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, we have a good topic with which to begin a new year of recollections, we could say, for this meditation. We want to pray in our Lord's presence, as always, about apostolate, about this mission of the church to be apostolic, to bring the light of Christ, to bring the good news to bring contact with Christ the Savior to the world, to others. And we know this is very much part of our, of our faith. Every Sunday when we recite the creed, after the homily we recite the Nicene Creed, we profess our faith in the church. The church is part of God's revelation. And we profess the church is one holy, Catholic, and apostolic and so the church always shares in the mission of apostolate, the mission of those first 12 apostles to spread the light of Christ to the whole world. Right? That great commission that Christ gives at the end of the gospel, go forth to the whole world, right? baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that you've learned from me. And I think it's good for us to um, put ourselves in the shoes of the first Christians and try to imagine you know, what it was like uh, for them to encounter Christ and then to share Christ with others. Just the other day, we had a great um, passage from the Gospel that I think helps us do this. It was from the Gospel of Mark. And it's an encounter with our Lord with this leper whom he heals. And a leper came to him, beseeching him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And he sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone but go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to the people. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in the country and people came to him from every quarter. In a way, it's an amusing um, reaction Right, the first thing that he does after being healed by Jesus and becoming a disciple of Jesus is to promptly disobey our Lord. Right? Our Lord says, don't tell anyone. And he does exactly the opposite. And he spreads it all over such that our Lord is swamped with people and has to stay out in the country. And in a way, that amusing reaction and somewhat surprising reaction of disobedience is very understandable and very human and very natural. That if we just think about how 
much good our Lord did for this man in that moment and how positively his life changed, right? I will be clean and the leprosy is gone. And so all of his physical suffering, his immediate physical suffering from that disease was alleviated. And all of his worry of, you know, where the disease was going, how it was developing, how he would die. He knew he would die from leprosy because it was incurable and fatal disease. All of that worry, anxiety for the future was gone, right, in the same instance. And also a great joy returned into his life, right? Being a leper was a sad reality. It was a lonely reality. He was an outcast. He was separate from his family, from his friends, from his village, from his community life, from his ability to worship. And that's why he has to go see the priest to get like ratification that he was truly healed so he could re-enter the community, the religious community. And so that sadness, that loneliness that came with his disease was also wiped out in an instant by our Lord. Not to mention shame, right? Uh, being a leper was an embarrassing thing. It was a shameful condition. Again, you were now cast, and so you couldn't interact with others. And if you did, by accident on the road outside of the city, you had to like let them know you were there. Unclean, unclean. And so that embarrassment, that shame, that loneliness, or all that physical suffering, anxiety for the future was boom, gone, right? Because of what our Lord did for him. I will be made clean. And so I think we understand his disobedience, right? Holy, this incredible what our Lord did for me. And I had to tell the people about it because, hey, all right, you're not a leper, but you're... Uh, you know, you're maimed, right? Maybe he can help you. <laughs> Maybe he can help you. Or you look possessed, right? Go, go see this guy. I mean, and, and people just keep coming and coming and coming. And so he's so convinced of our Lord's goodness and he's so convinced by what our Lord did for him, his own experience of our Lord, that he's convincing when telling it to others. And he has to tell it to others. And I think, Lord, if we reflect on what you do for us in our sinfulness, well, we realize that our Lord has helped us spiritually and potentially psychologically and certainly existentially in a way that is just as drastic, right? It's just as drastic as being cured of leprosy. But he's taken away the, the shamefulness of our sin time and time again. He has restored us to a state of friendship, of communion with him and others by forgiving us of our sins, by giving us charity. He's taken away a certain kind of existential dread of the future and a fear of death that all men have. He's at least, yeah, he has taken it away, right? We're not really ultimately afraid of dying anymore if we're Christians, Right, death, as the preface for the Mass for the Dead says, for, for a believer, death is not taken away. Our life is not, ta- life is not taken away by death. It's just changed, transformed to eternal life. 
And so, and uh, joy, we, we, in spite of all the difficulties and sadness and, and sorrows and challenges of life, we can always be joyful as Christians because we have God in our life. We have God's favor. We have God's friendship. God loves us. We have Jesus Christ. And so what our Lord did for this man by curing his leprosy, he's done for us with his salvation and with, and with redemption. And so I think our response um, to encountering our Lord in the way that we have should be just as natural and as convincing as the response of this man, right? He was convinced, and therefore he was convincing. Come and, see, come and meet this guy. What can he do for you? He can do for you, and he wants to do for you what he did for me. And this is apostolate, right? St. Rosemary said that he said, well, the apostolate is the overflow of your interior life, right? It's the overflow of your own meeting with Christ. Your apostolic life and therefore your life, your Christian life, will be worth what your prayer is worth. And so our prayer life and our sacramental life and our faith, right, the, the, the more convinced we are of it and the more, the richer it is, well, the more naturally we want to share it with others, and we do share it with others. Like I see, you know, if you get sick, I had COVID a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, once you get sick, uh, anyone who's got a theory shares the theory with you, right? Okay, this is what you really need, and so you know, you get the text from the former doctors who are now priests. It's like, okay, what you really need is. Uh, a thousand milligrams of vitamin C and, you know, a thousand units of vitamin D and top it off with uh, 250 milligrams of zinc and just drink a lot of water and uh, you'll be okay, right? This is what works. And this other guy gave me uh, a couple years ago, some, he was way ahead of the curve. He gave me some ivermectin and I gave it away. And the person I gave it to was like, oh, I'll give it back to you. I didn't know you were going to need it. I, I'll be fine. Don't worry. And then I saw, I, 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 uh, I saw one video where this doctor was saying that actually smoking helps prevent COVID, right? And I was like, man, that, that sounds good. Right? That's when I can actually get on board with <laughs> smoke. I like smoke. I've quit, but anyway. Um, but that's the idea, right? It's like, you know, if you think something works and it's worked for you or you're convinced that it works, well, that's the thing you share with people. Hey, this is what works, right? It's the zinc vitamin C, uh, vitamin D cocktail, right? Throw in some other stuff that you can't find anymore. Um, this is what works, right? Do this. Well, this is apostolate, and this is what this man did, right? It's like Jesus changed his life, and so he had to, he had to go and tell others. And I think this is the experience of the first Christians, and this is... Uh, what St. Josemaria said should be our experience, right? This is how he described Opus Dei and the life of ordinary Christians in the world. What should our life be like? What's the pattern? What's the model? It's almost like the first Christians. And Christ is real for us. And we work for him and we love him and we, uh, we have a prayer life. We deal with him. Um, we accompany him throughout the day. He accompanies us and, we, and we share with others. And so it'd be, hard for, it'd be hard to imagine the first Christians like having to be pushed to do apostolate, right? Or to get other people in on this. 
It's like, you know, you're a Christian for a couple of weeks and then there's a meeting and they're like, hey, you know, um, by the way, we want to get our numbers up. So um, do you think you can invite some people right to the next sermon that Jesus gives in the desert? Because, you know, can you tell a couple of friends and bring them along? And uh, I got to tell my friends what? Yeah, it's going to be an, He's gonna he's gonna multiply loaves and fish again, and I he don't want me to invite people to that. You know, it's like, no, it's just you know they were totally in on it, right? And if our Lord sent them out, yeah, maybe they had some hesitation to go out two by two. You know, they're a little bit afraid of what people would think or the reaction. Uh, but the general impulse was, of course, well, because our Lord changed their life, and he was the Messiah. They were coming to believe that he was God. And he gave them a new relationship with God. God was their father, and, and he cured some of them of diseases, and he gave them a new horizon beyond this life. And he taught them that God was all-provident father, and everything was going to be okay. And he taught them the new commandment to love and to trust in God radically and not to be worried about anything. And so this is all good, and it was all powerful. It was all transformative, and it worked. And so they said, of course, I'll tell my friends about it. Of course, we'll bring people. And so it'll give us that experience. It'll remind us of it, right? We know this. I, you know, we know this, and we know that uh, only our faith will save us and free us from sin. And so we share with people to a certain extent. But there might be, an, there might be a part of our life in which we don't, you know, we really haven't turned it over to God, right? Or let him do his full work. And to, to that extent that we're kind of like, we don't trust him with our own life. We're not fully convinced that he really is all that for us, right? The meaning of our life, that he gives meaning to our life and he's our joy and our happiness and our security, right? And um, everything. Well, to the extent that we're not convinced that he's not all that for us, well, of course, we're going to be hesitate, hesitant in sharing it with others. Of course, we're going to be fearful. And so if we're a little bit hesitant, uh, Lord, about at least wanting to talk, I mean, obviously we have to be patient with people and develop friendships and get to the point where, okay, we can share with them the faith and different things about our life, including the faith that's part of who we are. Um, but if, we're, if we don't even want to do that or we're always hesitant about it or we don't have that drive, well, it might be, it might be a good question to say, well, what's my relationship with Christ like? And am I really convinced that he is all that, that he is the way and the truth and the life? Or am I forgetful of all that he's done for me? Or is there some part of my life where it's like, well, Lord, you know, I trust you with, obviously, you know, salvation. <laughs> I'll go to confession if I have mortal sin. I'll go to, I'll try to keep the precepts of the church. But a deeper thing, like, I don't know, this fear or this obstacle in my life or this problem or my own, my happiness or whatever, what I'm, where I'm looking for my contentment, I really don't trust our Lord with that. But I'll take care of that on my own. And that'll keep us, I mean, obviously it'll keep us from spreading the faith as vibrantly and as um, convincingly as we could. But it also just keeps us from being Christian, right? That's like, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? What's well, to have the experience of the of first Christians? Jesus Christ is my Savior. And so we let him save us from our sins and confession. And we let him save us from our worries when we pray, when we try to trust in him. 
And we also let him save us from our sadness, right? And our meaningless in life, our sense of like being adrift at times. Because we realize he's a plan for us, right? But these are things we can grow in. And the more we grow in them, the more convincing we'll be in spreading and spreading the faith. This will be the thing that we're convinced of. This works, right? Hey, I smoked and, and my COVID got better. You should smoke too. <laughs> Whatever. That's not true. I'm just, that's an example, okay? I'm not telling you to smoke. Okay. Um, apostolic. Mark recounts a little bit later in the gospel, not much later, a couple chapters, the calling of the apostles. And he went up into the hills, and Jesus, we know, goes up into the hills to pray. <clears throat> and in a, in a parallel passage, it says he prayed all night before he chose his apostles. And he went up into the hills and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed 12 to be with him and to be sent out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. And then he names the 12, Simon, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Tadeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot. And it's interesting, isn't it, that even though the Greek word apostle means one who is sent, right? That sense of mission being sent forth, right? As we all are, apostolic church. Nevertheless, the Holy Spirit here has Mark um, describe the calling, the appointment, not just as being sent, right? There's a, there's a prior step. He appointed 12 to be with him and to be sent out to preach, right? So they're sent from a common starting point, right? They're sent from a common center or location. And that location is the person of our Lord. And so if the church and we are going to be apostolic, it's not just, okay, here's the marching orders and go get people to convert and spread the faith and, right, go out. It's to be sent out from a center to which we're called to live with Christ, right? All of us insofar as we're called to the apostolate, are called not just to be sent out, but to these two things, to be with him and to be sent out. And what is that? Well, that's our, our, it's our whole life, really, but uh, it's our prayer life. Right? When are we with our Lord? When do we make sure that we are sent out from the person of Christ, the center of Christ? Well, when we do what we're doing now, right? a time of prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament, or a time of prayer just in the quiet of, her, of your own home, right? Where you are simply present to God, right? And you try to connect with our Lord. You can do it by reflecting on Scripture, as we're doing now. You can do it just by talking to Him about your own things and problems and relationships, uh, your work, right? But this is essential. This is, it goes back to the point we said before from St. Jose Maria. Your apostolic life, right, your life as a Christian, will be worth what your prayer is worth. Why? Because to be an apostle is not just to be sent out, it's to live with Jesus. To follow Christ, this is St. Maria from Friends of God. To follow Christ, that is the secret 
We must accompany him so closely that we come to live with him, like the first 12 did, so closely that we become identified with him. Soon we will, we will be able to say, provided we haven't put obstacles in the way, that we have put on, have clothed ourselves with our Lord Jesus Christ. Right, to accompany him, to live with him. That happens in our prayer, it happens in our contemplation of scripture, and in our sacramental life, right? We receive Christ, we become Christ. And in that way, our apostolate becomes really an extension of God's love, right? That we, that we start to have his heart for others. And that's a great way to pray. Lord, how do you want me to be a better friend to my friends? How do you want me to help my family grow closer to you? How do you want me to be a little bit more apostolic or daring at work, right, with my colleagues? These are things that we, we can kind of talk to him about. Or Lord, how do you love these people? Give me some of your heart for them. Give me some of your zeal for them. To be with him and to be sent out, right? They, they are two sides of the same coin, right? We have to be with him in our prayer in order to be sent out into the, into the apostolate. And I think there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful line from St. Francis of Assisi, which I think is good for our day and age. Um, St. Francis says, preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. Right? Preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. And I think that's important, right? Pope Francis talks about this. He says that, you know, in our day and age, we need to be, con- uh, the church for apostolate, for evangelization, needs convincing witnesses of the gospel, I think that's a little bit what St. Francis is getting at too, right? Preach the gospel always, just with the way you are, right? The way you treat people, the, you know, the way you carry yourself, um, the way you talk, right? Uh, the way you work, all of that is preaching the gospel. Your friendship, apostolate, according to St. Maria, is simply friendship. It's friendship and trust. And so the way we interact with the people in our life is always apostolic. We're always showing them the gospel. Just by loving them, we're showing them Christ's love for them. And I think that's important these days, especially because, you know, there's a lot of suspicion of institutional religion and and, uh, religion in general. Um, And, you know, for good reason sometimes. (laughs) and people are just in general suspicious or indifferent, right, to religion. And so for them to get to the point where, okay, maybe they consider through us the truths of the faith, right, that Jesus is the Son of God or that, you know, the church is the true church. They have to be warmed up. They have to trust us. They have to say, oh, there's something about this guy who has this religion and does these things, and he shares them with me. Hey, what'd you do last night? I went to recollection. What's that? Uh, I don't know. We prayed, right? And, you know, unless, uh, unless they see that we are good friends and honest people and have their good in mind, care about them. Well, then, you know, the, do- the doctrine's not going to have an opportunity to enter. Preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. 
And so, Lord, we ask you for a big heart, right? It's like, you know, we're not here just to win ideological battles or score, you know, um, apologetic points, right? We're here to love people. And that's what Christ does, right? Christ loved sinners and sat with prostitutes and tax collectors. And, you know, I mean, this is what he came to do. And people were scandalized by that. They were like, oh, gosh, he's with those losers. And, you know, we're the losers that he came to love as well without God's grace, we would be just as bad as anyone as anyone else. And so I think that's important, right, to um, realize that we have to be patient with people, we have to love people where they are, um, how they are, if we're going to be apostles in our day and age, which is very diverse and very pluralistic and, you know, chaotic. <laughs> people you know, lost basic sense of all sorts of stuff. But they're still loved by God, right? And that's why you're in their life. That's why we're there, right? To give them a chance to see the truth of the gospel. First with our example and our friendship. And then um, with the gift of tongues, eventually we explain, right? What we do, what we believe. In a Christian, St. Maria again, in a child of God, friendship and charity form a single thing, divine light, which gives warmth. In a Christian and a child of God, friendship and charity form a single thing, divine light, which gives warmth. And part of that light, of course, is the light of our faith, right? that we're not afraid of sharing with others. And so we go, we go to um, Our Lady, right? Our Lady very naturally, as soon as our Lord was present in her, very naturally brought him to others just with her spirit of service, right? Elizabeth needs my help. She goes to help Elizabeth and Jesus is in her. And so she brings Jesus, the savior, to John the Baptist in the womb and to her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth, uh, Our Our Lady in the presentation, very naturally just fulfilling her ordinary duty as a Jewish woman, even though she could have been an exception to the rule of purification or presenting our Lord fulfills that religious obligation in the presentation and very naturally brings the Savior to Simeon and Anna, right, who are waiting for her. Our Lady very naturally shows up at the wedding feast of Cana, to which our Lord is also invited and points out to him as the solution to the problem, right, that the servants do whatever he tells you, or he's the answer. And so Our Lady can help us, right, um, Queen of Apostles, to teach us and help us to do the same, right? To be a kind of intermediary between God and our Lord and others, right? Just like we meet friends of our friends. How'd you meet Jim? Well, I met Jim because he's a friend of Paul and I knew Paul since college. And, you know, we met at some party that Paul threw, right? And so this is how we meet people. It's like, okay, I have a mutual friend and now that friend becomes my friend. Well, this is Christ for us. It's very beautiful to be a Christian. You're a friend of Christ. You're a son of God. You know, you know God, you know Christ. And in our prayer life, in our, in our, um, in our commitment to holiness, we become intimate with God. Right? We're friends of God. We're children of God. And so then it's very natural for us to be like this mutual friend. The people in our life can meet God by knowing us, just like, you know, you meet other friends by knowing your, the friends you have now. And that's apostolate, right? The friendship and confidence trust that others gain in us, that we have in them, to share our Lord with them. Our Lady, Queen of Apostles, pray for us. Help us to bring our Lord Jesus Christ to others in the same way that you did, carrying him 
in service, carrying him in charity, and carrying him in the fulfillment of our ordinary duties. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.